welcome to the Everything Theatre podcast, brought to you by Everything Theatre, a theatre review and interview website covering more than just London Fringe Theatre. Each week we'll bring you interviews with some of the best that Fringe Theatre has to offer. We'll talk to theatre makers about new shows, hear about the art of making the plays, talk about some of the wonderful venues you may never have heard of before. In short, we will chat Everything Theatre and what makes it tick. So let's dive straight in and hear what today's episode has to offer. I'm with David Brady, David's Pro Full Surf Theatre, who are the associate producers at Lion and Unicorn Theatre. We've spoken to David before, but always a pleasure having him back. David, um, yeah, you want to choose yourself and you want to tell us about Volcano, which is a show you are directing that's coming up in about a week's time. Yeah, I'm David Brady. I'm the artistic director of Pro Force Theatre Company, and I am also the artistic director of the Line of Unicorn Theatre in Kentish Town. So we're the in-house managing company at the theatre. I'm also the director of Volcano, which is coming up uh, in a few weeks' time. And Volcano, God, give us a quick rundown what Volcano is about. Uh, so Volcano is a 12-hour one-man odyssey across the capital at night. Um, uh, our lead character, Max, uh, receives some news on a Friday evening that's going to change his life forever. And it's the story of what happens over a 12-hour period from 5 o'clock in the evening to 5 o'clock in the morning across the capital on one Friday evening. So we go see a lot of nighttime sort of images of London, are we? The last show you did there was Lately, where you had um, a lot of video projection to give the image of sort of beach and funfair are we going to be seeing some nice visuals to represent sort of nighttime London yeah there's a real contrast between lately which obviously as you mentioned is this kind of seaside vibe and um, with what the dynamic image of the capital at night is really so um, lots of neon lots of um, Leicester Square type vibes um, nightclubs uh, night buses it's this is a real difference and actually one of the interesting things about Volcano is, is that Georgie and I who wrote the show um, and directed the show together um, there's a real sense of how London's at night changes and there's going to be that real sense in how we stage the show I think. London at night time can look lovely can't it I mean as I say Leicester Square Piccadilly Circus all those is there's there's a romanticising about London at night time isn't there it makes it can look so beautiful and so sort of a very special place but um yeah you've mentioned Georgie Georgie Bailey of Chew Boy Productions who we've spoken to a couple of times as well and we've reviewed quite a lot of their shows the last being DJ Bazza's year six disco what was it that brought you together with uh, Georgie to make this play so Georgie and I worked together for a while um so Chew Boy are associate artists of the line unicorn and actually they're brilliant humans to have around um as a, as a company but also working with Georgie has been great uh, we've done it for a while so Georgie's contributed to feel more um last I was gonna say last year but that's 2020 two years ago before the world went weird um, and obviously working together over the course of our time at the theatre and their time with us has been has been brilliant I think Georgie and I work really well together I think there's a really good synergy in terms of how we create work that is different to the work that that Chew Boy makes and, and I guess we're finding a new way of working for Pro Force with the two of us working together so he's um He's really talented and really smart and all of those brilliant things that you'd want in a collaborator. And I think he brings a really interesting point of view to the characters that he creates. So a lot of the character-driven stuff um, that Georgie's put in has been really, really helpful to the development of the play. And I think it's just felt like a really great partnership. And Georgie was actually the dramaturg for Lately. So working with him in that context 
um, to develop lately, and then it's taking a new twist on it with Volcano has been really interesting to see, and we, we're kind of evolving that working partnership as we go. So we spend a lot of time working on how the story structure looks like, and he's really, really good at that sort of stuff. So yeah, he's, he's a great collaborator. He's co-written this, and he's playing in it. He's not he's not the main star, is he? But he's, he's playing in this. Yeah, so we have a couple of what I'm calling interventions. Um, that makes sense when you see the show, but um, we have three additional kind of performers that contribute to the show. So there's Dodie Finnamore, who plays a character called Caroline from HR. You'll have to find out what she is when you watch the show. Um, Lauren Ferdinand, who was in lately, plays Sophie, and uh, Georgie plays a character called Sam, um, who is involved in that, that crazy 12-hour journey across London. And you'll have to find out where when you come to see the show. Yeah, so it's co-written between Georgie and James Lewis, and James also wrote Lately, and he wrote the one before or At Last, which is another show you've done together. They're two really intimate pieces of writing. Is Volcano going to be the same intimacy, or if you try to make it sort of bigger because of it being in London? Uh, Volcano's got a completely different structure to Lately, and because Volcano primarily is a one-person show, there's a real drive that's driven through one character and one character's experience. So I would say that Lately is... There's a real, lately's a bit of a tennis match, right? It's a, it's a two people telling their points of view and it bounces between two people and they go together as the, as the narrative progresses. Volcano is a completely different animal. It's a lot more, I, I think driven is probably the word. It's a real drive across the capital. And, and Jamie that plays Max in, in Volcano is a really driven actor with, with a brilliant history behind him of the performance. So I think what you'll see in the writing is a bit something that's got a bit more of a drive to it. Um, as a bit more dynamic in the sense of there's a lot more happens, but there's also a much bigger relationship between the central character and the audience because we kind of break the walls down a little bit in in terms of the storytelling. Yeah, that's interesting because obviously, say lately, it was two characters. It was the two of them, and they were sharing, as you say, sharing the story between them. Is it a very different thing to direct it when you've got one fo- focus on one character as opposed to two? Yeah, I think because. It, with one character, they they're solely responsible for how the story progresses, right? And they're solely responsible for how how your how your night goes, I suppose. Um, and I think having one, we so we we sort of tried um, a one person show with Five A, which is a show that we had um, twenty twenty like last year, twenty twenty one. And I think the drive of Volcano is because it's one single actor performing. They push the story forward and they bring the audience in. And so actually, what you have to do when you've got a one person show is you have to make it. You have to work out what the touch points with the audience are and how do you reach the audience in a way that's different from two people performing. So the way that I've explained I explained Volcano is it's like a three or a four dimensional piece as opposed to two people just transmitting. There's a real call and response in Volcano and there's a pivotal moment in the show where we make the audience complicit in what transpires in the evening. And I'm not really going to go into that too much because it kind of spoils the surprise. Mm-hmm. But I think... When you have one performer, you have to always look for other ways to get the audience involved so that they have agency in the play and in the work that you create. And what is it about James um, James Lewis's writing that keeps bringing you back to w- working with him then? Um, I mean, obviously, as the in-house, um, in-house writer, we have the ability to kind of work together. And I think, you know, we've got work that's uniquely created for us, really. So it's our sense of our point of view, our opinion. Um, it's our way of doing things. And so I think that's really been helpful to us kind of building the work that we make because it's it's uniquely created for us. But you say he's your in-house writer, but I assume he's your in-house writer because you love his writing, don't you? I mean, but it was a saying, I know, say I saw lately, and I loved it. And I know, um, say, I review who saw at last, which is about four years ago now, isn't it? Three or four years ago? 
Yeah, uh, Atlas is a real. I lasted a long time ago now, and it all came true. So uh, I, I don't know. I, I said last time somebody joked about lately that I was manifesting a holiday by the beach. I think <laughs> we talked about Atlas, and then it all happened. So, yeah, fingers, fingers crossed for better times ahead. I think. But I think the one thing we can definitely say is that say the pedigree of your writing and your directing makes Volcano look like it's going to be a very good show because you haven't let us down yet. No, pre- no pressure, though. No, 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 nothing at all. Right. Now, lately was a dying seaside town, volcanoes in the big city, but both seem to be exploring mental health and the mental health effects of their inhabitants. Is it the um, is the mental health issues not so much about where they are, but the, just the pressure of being sort of a young adult in, you know, wherever you live, the pressures are the same. There's mental health issues that we aren't addressing properly. Yeah, it doesn't. There's, a, there's actually a real difference between the two pieces. So I think while, whereas lately comes from uh, wanting something better, um, Volcano actually takes that idea of wanting something better but flips it on its head. Um, we joke about, well, joke, it's not the right word to describe it. We, we explain that in Volcano, it's about taking one man and, and kind of boiling him like a frog, right? There's an analogy of like taking somebody in and, and really putting pressure on and seeing what happens. The difference with lately is lately is a, is a place where nothing happens and, and, and they want to get out of there. What happens when you have theoretically everything that you want and it's too much? And, and actually, we talk about the volcano as this feeling of like being on a treadmill. What happens if the treadmill is running too quickly and you can't catch up with it? So there, I think there's a real sense of, and I don't know whether this is fed in because of the pandemic or because of the world that we live in, and the, the pressures that we live in. There's a real sense in volcano of like t- time and, and was all of the effort that you put into it worth it when you get the end result? Um, so we played around with this concept of like, was it worth it at the end? Mm. And we'll have to find out. Um, but I think, yeah, there's a real difference in, in like, there's a there's a despair in lately in terms of like, there's nothing, the world is offering you nothing. And Volcano is like, what if it's too much? So there's a real sort of sensory difference in how it works. And I think oh. the mental health thing is, it really ties into that, I think. Mm. But yeah, different ends of the spectrum almost. So yeah, say, yeah, lately was about not, you know, not seeing where your life's going. Volcano sounds like it's going to be, there's too much going on and you're trying to get away from it. So. Yeah, and, and, and it's this idea of like fight or flight, right? It's, it's what happens when, you're, when your own natural defence mechanisms kick in to protect you and what happens if you're, if you're trying to overrun that. So we play, I think, in Volcano with this idea of a ticking clock and it's that pressure that you put on yourself. What is that when, when you're running out of time and you're chasing against your own body to try and work out what's wrong with you? And I think there's a real thread running through Volcano about the pressures that particularly in uh, particularly like late 20 something people have put on themselves to have the life that they think that they should have in a place that's probably environmentally quite toxic to them so just just to say obviously the podcast be different but if you listen to the radio we may well be playing human leagues being boiled now because you just made me, <laughs> you just made me think of that song so well so the interesting thing about when we talk about music for volcano right and, and you know i talked about this in the past the music that we have mm. really influences the work that we have so um, actually we've been looking at a lot of like late 90s dance music for this so it's kind of there's a real sort of like faithless basement jacks um moby's got an album called play there's a song called machete on that album which oh, yeah. um, is somewhere it's really so machete, machete by maybe is, is really one of those songs uh, and insomnia by faithless as are really the two dark nightclub-y running against the clock type songs that have really helped to influence the work so yeah it's uh, they're, they're good pieces of work this time different yeah different music to what you had last time then wasn't it last time was much more sort of um much not more modernish poppy or yeah i think so and, and i think just just a different vibe so we, you know so lately lately has this real dance one of the scenes in lately uh, not lately sorry one of the scenes in volcano 
in a nightclub. So yeah, so Machete, but this idea of like, particularly the faithless stuff, right? It's got a real, really dark storytelling element to it. And, and I think it's, it kind of plays into this idea of like the city at night and what happens in Volcano. I think one of the interesting things, one of the interesting images that we're playing around with the Volcano is that, you know, when you've got a busy nightclub and it's full of people and they're dancing around, there's always one guy on the edge of the dance floor that's not really paying attention to anybody else. And there's something else going on in his head and he's carrying a drink and he's swaying to the music, but he's not really engaging with the world around him. Okay. One of the questions of Volcano is like, what happens to that guy and what's his story? Uh, and so that's where that where that music plays into it. I think. Um, all your, I mean, all your work feels it's it's about people relationships, isn't it? It's you know, would that you know you, you're very much into about those sort of how people connect or don't connect. Yeah, and and the sort of normal people in unusual circumstances, I suppose, which I guess is a lot of what theatre is about, right? It's what happens when you take normal human beings and you push them. A little bit. So I think in in lately it's about lately was the two characters together um, trying to work their way out of a problem when they want to aspire to be something else. Volcano really is this sense of like a normal bloke that you like because he has to be likable because otherwise we haven't we haven't done our job properly, and um, particularly considering some of the things that he goes through. What happens to this normal bloke when his world drops out from around him? And I think it's this thing of like not that you that you make a character your part of your family or their you know your children or whatever but they are to an extent you'd want to telegraph yourself into a position of like if i was that person's father or you know boyfriend or significant other or whatever i'd want to reach out and help them and i think there's that real sense particularly in volcano about when we put max through the ringer through the show what happens at the end do you want to go out and help him at the end which is the vibe that we want to have and the i guess the tragedy of it all is maybe that might not be the you may not be able to help everybody and how does that work out Right. When we spoke recently, you told me you had a, an ambition to make a play with absolutely no props. Have you succeeded? Yes, I think so. Uh, I mean, obviously, we've got the we've got the main rehearsal process to follow, but actually, the the bulk of the storytelling for Volcano is one man telling a story, and you can do a lot of it with ambient stuff, right? So you can do it with lights, and you can do it with projection, and you can do it with music and stuff. Um, I just think in this context, and particularly the work that we make at the Line Unicorn you know, there's a really clever art to bringing a set in and making it work, but actually there's a sparseness about London at night and there's a loneliness that really telegraphs itself well into what, we, what we're doing upstairs next week. So, uh, yes, I think so. Actually, no, it's not true. There's a mobile phone and the mobile phone is really important. So I, I guess if you can class a mobile phone, um, there is a really important moment where he talks about his mobile phone. And there's, I guess there's this idea of, which isn't really, it's a, spoiler, a little bit of a spoiler, but I can, I can give it to you before we go. It's like the people in your phone, how far do you have to go through your phone before you find somebody that would help you if you need them? How far do you have to scroll? And as you scroll through those people, what happens to the people that you meet in your life that still live in your phone, even when you don't think about them anymore? So how many ex-girlfriends, how many people that you worked with, how many, and how many of those people do you have to go through before you reach somebody that, that would help you? Yeah. So I guess that's an important prop in the play, but the only one, so I think we've we've pretty much succeeded. I think, I think mobile phones you can almost accept as you know you, everyone has those in their pocket, so it's not like a prop you've brought in. So I think you can you can get away with a mobile phone. So you've still <laughs> well, they're, ex- they're an extension of us, right? I mean, now I think, and which is a bit scary, but also like they're everything that we do, and you take photos, and you you know you use them for the internet, and you try and stay away from Twitter, um, particularly lately. Um, so yeah, so I think it's that, and to one extent, it's an extension of you, and, and how could it not help you? particularly when your battery runs out. And that's all I'm going to say about that. It's like the old horror films, isn't it? Where you watch a horror film now, it's like, why don't they just ring their mobile phone? <laughs> I, I saw a play, um, I, I saw a play, 
down the space um, a while back. And they, it was actually part of the London Horror Fest. And one of the plays was they'd gone out in the woods to make a horror film. And of course, the first thing you think of is, yeah, but you've all got mobile, so you, you've got, you can ring for help. So the first thing they did, the first, literally the first line was, oh no, no signal. Well, so again, it's that thing of like, you know, what we, we've become overly reliant on it, right? And we've become overly reliant on ha- always assuming that we've got the humans that we need around us and what happens if they're not there. And, and one of the interesting things about Volcano for me is there's a really significant interaction that happens in Volcano that, again, I'm not going to spoil it, but it, it involves the audience and makes the audience complicit in what happens. And it, having not been able to touch the audience in a way of like having not been able to be sort of integrated within an audience for two years now, we're going to push on that barrier a little bit and see what happens when you can be in the audience. So Volcano really does play around with this idea of your connections that you have on your phone, the connections of the people that are next to you and who would come to your help if you needed them. And um, that's all I'm going to say about that. We talked also a while back about the difficulty of taking a play outside of London. Is it what what can we do differently to make it possible? Is there anything we can do differently to make it possible to to to, to yeah, because we every, you know, London gets but you know, most of it is London. And I've spoke to people outside of London and said there's very little fringe scene, very little theatre scenes outside, you know, the big panto theatres. What can we do? Is there anything we can do differently to to help people push shows outside London? Yeah, I mean, we've been very lucky to to take some shows outside of London. I'm from Coventry in the Midlands, and um, we've we've been supported by the Albany Theatre quite a lot in terms of bringing our shows. There is always that need, I think, to continue to build audiences, and, and particularly in regional theatres where they rely on the revenue of a massive musical coming in that's on tour or a touring show or whatever. It's about really the early education process to show people that the storytelling that's made in fringe theatres is for them and so I think you can get a really great show that ha- that isn't one of those big touring shows and it's about how do we make that really resonate with the regional audience so I, th- I think it's that thing of like making sure that shows are sold that, that we explain what they are um, and that we continue to educate people from a very take kids to see fringe stuff I mean obviously you're not going to say them see some of the some of the stuff but like take them to see new writing take them to see storytelling take them to see stuff and, and, and provide a bigger platform for it I think certainly where, where theatres have got smaller studio spaces it's about what those studio spaces can do to encourage people to come and see fringe theatre and it's all about building an audience of people that you support I mean you mentioned during this interview but also we've, we've talked about it before you know we've built a following now of people that look actively look for our work you need to create that outside of London as well and I think it's a question of I think the fringe theatre can translate to those audiences but it's about making sure that it's an attractive prospect for somebody which would mean that they wouldn't go to the cinema or I think it's a like I think it's a cultural thing I, th- I think it's you know culturally about continuing to make sure that theatre is not just as you mentioned for panto or for a big musical and the storytelling possibilities that, that the stories that we tell can provide yeah a few weeks ago there was something about the government talking about changing the funding models at the moment so the arts funding is going to be split more evenly between regional and london because london gets a bulk of the funding at the moment doesn't it is that a good or bad thing i mean is that going to sort of is is it good for the regions but could be disaster for london or we've got to wait to see what the actual plans are yet i mean i think london will always be all right i think we've having gone through the pandemic i think you know, we're, we're, we're still here. We, we were always here during the pandemic. People were still making stuff. And if they weren't making it in the space, then they were making it on Zoom. So I, I, don't, I don't think, I think it's a really good thing that actually any government money that, that can be reallocated to, you know, they talk about this levelling up thing, right? It's about making sure that when they do that levelling up exercise, it's, it's, really, it's really good for everybody. And, and, and you know, it, in the theatre world, it's, if it gives people more access to work, whether it's made in London or actually making it somewhere else, 
that would be a really good thing. I'd be really up for the idea of us making it, and maybe it's in our future, of making a show 100% not in London to see what that does to the, the buy-in, I suppose, of, of how you get that work made. I, it's that question, isn't it? Of like, what happened, you, you know, every town has got an amateur dramatic society and every amateur dramatic society puts on, what, two shows a year? What happens to all of those people? What happens to all of the people that make that work and where do they go? And how do you keep them involved and keep them engaged in, in making that work? So I think it's as much as actually not just the levelling up and the, and the money element of it. It's about making sure that work is made in those places. And there's some really great examples. Um, you know, the Belgrade Theatre is a really good example. Um, you know, you've got other examples of other theatres that do that and make their own work in-house. So I think it's about continuing to do that wherever you can. I think I mentioned it to you when we spoke a while back. Um, I went to see a show called Rethink, which was a, based in Paul, and that was the same. And, and what they said to me there was, you know, it's, we've got a lovely theatre in Paul, the Lighthouse, because you can't have the same few actors on every show. So, you know, what do those actors do the other sort of nine, ten months of the year? You know, because they, be, they can't be in every performance that the theatre puts on, but... I'm, I'm intrigued to see what's going to happen, you know, what we can, I'm, I've been thinking about this more and more about how we can, what what we can do to sort of, you know, push outside the regions, how we get a lot of these shows, you know, I've, let's say either made outside of London or taking these shows outside London and, you know, spreading them around. But I don't know, I have to wait and see. Well, um, it's, the infrastructure, it's the infrastructure of touring, right? I, I think the point mm. is just about making touring easier. I, we have so many brilliant shows that come into the line of the unicorn and it's about how do we give them a button to move everywhere else that the, touring is hard and it is difficult and it shouldn't be that difficult and i think actually that's where we will start to go through that process of increasing those audiences i think yeah i'm saying if you could find yeah if we could get some theaters outside london that were holding things regularly i suppose they build up an audience build up a following and then you you know you've got to get a structure in place so you could say, right, we're going to these towns because they've got something in place already for us. So yeah, I'm, and I keep thinking back to say, I mentioned it before, to, I've mentioned this a few people. I keep thinking back to um, sort of my hometown of Folkestone and they're, they've created an arts quarter, created a little venue down there. And I'd love to find out what their structure is and find out more about that. Cause that's a, you know, that that's the sort of thing I'm sure that there's scope there that, you know, we could get theaters down there, but I wonder. It's just about opening the. It's just about opening the doors, isn't it? It's just about saying, like, you know, if you if you say if you're a theatre venue and you, it's about opening the doors and saying we'll we'll look at you and and that is really where there's never enough time and there's never enough money and you assume that that's a given, but actually it's about making sure that the processes are open and transparent as much as they possibly can be and just saying look we'll absorb the work and see if we can find a home for it and that's how you build those audiences and it's the audience building bit that I think is yeah. key to that that endeavour. So right, finally, so when I saw lately last year. Absolutely broke my heart. The ending broke my heart. We knew it was going to end that way because you tell us at the start anyway, don't you? But um, is Volcano go get me again? If I come to Volcano next week, are you go break me again? Uh, I don't know if it's quite the same. I think there is, uh, there's a really interesting choice at the end of Volcano, which presents itself as part of the production process. That, and I, you know, I mentioned this idea of making the audience complicit in, some, in one man's decision. I think... The dilemma will be different. Okay. It's a hard, like I think Volcano is a harder edged piece of work. I, I very definitely, it's not a sentimental. Um, it is, and, and that reflects the environment in which it's created, right? So um, Volcano is a city at night. It's a lonely, anger, anger, angry is the right word for it, but it's a, a lonely place. And what happens when you need somebody in, in that situation? So I think the choice at the end of 
Volcano is different okay. to the choice that happens at the end of Lately. We'll see what you think. It depends. I mean, it depends on what it depends on what you like, right? I, I think it's it's. I think the choice, the choice that exists at the end of Volcano is the darkest thing we've ever created in some in some places, and we can have a conversation about that after, over a pint afterwards, and you can tell me what you think. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's a it's a it's a different vibe, and I think it's a harder edge vibe, but it's also going to leave you thinking in a different way. I think. Do you want to give us a lot, sort of a sixty second rundown? Why should we come and see Volcano? When it plays a line unicorn, is it the third, um, the eighth to the twelfth of March? Yeah. Uh, so Volcano continues our tradition of making theatre, which hopefully is going to make you think, um, and it's going to present some really human stories that are uh, reflective of the world that we live in today. We're t- treating Volcano in a very different way to the other way that we've made before. This is a really creative process, and so we want you to come along for the ride with us. Um, we'll hold your hand and we'll, we'll run you through the streets of London and then put you on a night bus with a kebab at the end of the evening. But it's um, it's us with some brilliant partners um, creating a piece of work that we want to create for the hell of creating it. And, and why not? We've uh, we've got time and space to do it. So. Absolutely brilliant. And say, so, yeah, highly recommended. So everything, your previous shows we've loved. Georgie Bailey's previous work we've absolutely loved I think you've, between the few of you you've got more of four or five stars than you need um, so yeah highly recommended David been absolute pleasure again catching up for you I look forward I will definitely be over one evening next week a week after even to come and see the show thanks for having me thanks thanks so much for listening please check out our website at everything-theatre .co.uk where you can find reviews and past interviews that we've done and please subscribe so you don't miss future episodes where we'll be talking to more of the amazing people who make theatre the wonderful place it is this has been everything theatre we hope you enjoyed yay